Um, just wanted to mention also, just before I begin the message today, that uh, we're going to be doing some membership stuff over the next week, actually official membership stuff for the church. It's part of our government requirements, but also I've been talking about being members of the body and all those sorts of things, which is where the truth of it lies, that, that we are members of God's body, we're a family, we're, we are all members. So we're not trying to say to people that you're either in God's family or out of God's family. There's another requirement that we have members that um, apply for membership and they say, you know what, this is the, this is the church I want to belong to and you want to be part of, maybe part of governance at some stage or, or anything like that. So over next week we'll be sending out an email. If you haven't got your email listed with us on the mailing list, fill out a green form that's over there on the table right near the door or you can scan the QR code which seems to be the fun way to do things these days and it'll take you to that form to fill out, all right? And they'll make sure you get the email about it. Basically, it'll, it'll say, you know, what we're thinking a member is of this church, what we believe as a church um, and, and what we'd like to do as a church. So that will be going out this week. Um, as I said, if you haven't got your name on the emailing and you really want to hear about membership and what it means, make sure you uh, write your name down there and you'll know if you're on that list or not because you won't get any emails from us. If you're not, great. Anxiety. <laughs> Has anyone had it? I've got it this morning. <laughs> it's always a little bit anxious when you're, when you're getting ready to preach, you know, you're sort of like trying to prepare, you're thinking about what to say, and will people get blessed by it or not? And the truth is that at times anxiety overwhelms us all, right? I was thinking back to when I was at school and did anyone else get the first day jitters at school? I had them really bad, you know, you'd be like all dressed up and it's really weird, you'd been off for like, you know, four weeks or five weeks in the middle of the year and you're coming back to, to school and you're just feeling like so anxious to meet all these people that you've met before but you just haven't seen them for a while. What's it going to look like? Even worse, the first day of school, what's my class going to be? Who's my teacher going to be? What subjects am I going to do? And, and sort of like this anxiety as a kid um, sometimes just gets a little bit in your heart and, and you just worry a little bit about things. Um, <laughs> uh, anxiety at home, like this is sort of how it goes when we go to bed. I don't know about anyone else, but it seems to be in our household you know, you're really tired, you go to bed, this is the husband's preparation for bed, head on pillow, that's it, great. We're all set for the night. But the wife, quite often, you know, they've got to first do their beauty products, um, but you're beautiful enough already, darling, and they're rubbing, you know, lotions and things, lotions and potions to make themselves look amazing and, and smells nice, doesn't it, guys? <laughs> but then it's like the... Neil... Yes. Are all the doors locked? <laughs> oh my gosh, that question. And if you're a husband, this is how you hear it. Are all the doors locked? I just put my head on the pillow. <laughs> I'm ready for the night. I'm ready to go to sleep. Yes. <laughs> so in your mind, you're like, I know I locked all the doors, but now I'm not sure that I did. <laughs> So it's like this little tradition, you get up, you walk out, and if the doors don't lock, you lock them really quietly so that 
so, 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 so that they don't guess that you didn't actually lock the doors. You come back and you're like, yeah, all the doors are locked. But there's these things in our life, isn't there, where there's a little bit of anxiety, where we're a bit worried about things. And you know the highway of life is a really long one, that, that there's a lot of things that happen in life. Most of them we can't control. Some we can. And I wanted to speak today a little bit about you know, making sure we don't be anxious, that we actually trust God for things. And I remember driving down the highway with mum and dad, you know, when we were young, down to Alice Springs, and, yeah, this isn't a bad story about you guys today, sorry. <laughs> Normally, if it starts with mum and dad, they've done something really terrible. No, not true. <laughs> or amazing. They're a good mum and dad. But, you, you know, you drive along and you'd see these wrecks in the bush, you're seeing them. You know, these cars are off the side of the road and they're upside down or up a tree or something and you're like, how did that get there? But I remember Dad used to always go, you know, that dad joke, well, it's a funny place to park, you know. (laughs) And you're like, it's funny every time, but it's not even funny, you know. It's like somehow it tickles a bone inside of you. But I was thinking that's what it's a little bit like sometimes with our Christian life, you know. You're driving down this highway, you know, you're getting to heaven, whatever, um, loving God, living for him, but often what happens is we fall into a place of anxiety or fear or doubt and we end up parking in the wrong place where you shouldn't be. And I don't know if you've ever seen those cars and because the territory is a territory and no one's going to bother to pick up a car you know, 200 kilometres from the nearest town. It's just going to stay there. So you'd see it year after year. You could almost in your mind go... I know when there's a car coming up, you know, and every year it would get more rusty, more broken down and and deteriorate. When we let anxiety and fear overwhelm us and worry trouble us, that's exactly what happens to our life. We stall, we deteriorate, we go downhill, we don't walk into the promises of God and yet Jesus himself said, don't worry, don't worry, don't worry. But it's something that we're all tempted to do all the time and I think even more so nowadays that the pressures that we feel of the world, um, especially for young people, is that the looking good thing, you know, and they're anxious about do I look good to my peers, do I look good to my friends, is my story good enough? Actually, it comes down to am I good enough? Am I good enough? And what we tend to do is rely on the world around us rather than this loving, living God who amazingly created us and has all these amazing thoughts about us that that we don't even consider, you know. Like I just love the psalm and it says, How many are your thoughts about me, O God? They are more than the grains of sand on the sea. And and I'm like, (laughs) does God have enough time to think about me that much really? Am I really special enough to him that he would take notice of me that often when there's a lot of other people in the world that he needs to worry about, where he needs to to take care of, but am I actually significant enough that God would love me enough, that he would care about me enough, that he might want to address my anxious thoughts and answer my prayers? So we're going to look firstly at Philippians chapter 4, verse Um, 6 and 7, which is up here. Now, I I love this verse. I say it all the time. If people come to me and say, 
you know, I've got a, a drama in my life, I'm worrying about stuff, this is my go-to verse all the time because it's just so comforting, right? Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he's done. Then you'll experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your heart and mind as you live in Christ Jesus. Isn't that a lovely little passage? What I love about it is that I I look and reflect on that first verse there. It says, don't worry about anything. What I love about it is this, that God will not tell me to do something that's impossible, right? So what he's saying, first of all, is that it's possible to live in this place where you're not worried about things. Now, I understand that that will come upon us and, and there are obviously a lot deeper things than is the door unlocked or locked or, or, or those sorts of things or am I going to school and feeling anxious. There's a lot of things in our life where we are very worried. We're worried about the future. We're worried about our kids. We're worried about our job. We're worried about our finance. We're worried that, you know, about so many different things. We're worried about our relationships, whatever it might be, that, that there's this overwhelming sense that I need to worry because I need to fix it. But in actual truth, we can't fix it. And really what happens is this, that we forget God is our Father, our Heavenly Father who loves us so much. Why should we worry when we have a Father who loves us so much and wants to give us good things? but we forget that. And what we often do as children of a father, a loving father, is this. We want to take us, ourselves, and put us in his place. What do I mean by that? It means, effectively, we want to become the father, not the child. We want to become the father, not the child. But what does that mean? Does anyone know what it's like to be a parent? you would understand this. If you know what it's like to be a kid, you will understand this. That as a child, I not once ever really worried about what was going to be on the dinner plate that night. I didn't worry about the rent that was going to be paid or the mortgage that needed to be dealt with. I didn't worry if I had enough money for tomorrow. I didn't worry about so many things. Why? Because I had parents who looked after me. I had parents who made sure that I had everything that I needed. Now, I know not every child has that. I understand. But we're talking about what's it like to have that perfect father who is God, who has a perfect father's heart, who has your welfare in mind, and not only that, he made everything. And he's all-powerful. And he's above all. Is, is there any possibility that at times we like to make ourselves the authority figure in our own life thinking that God is not enough? We put ourselves as the Father. Yet Jesus said, if you want to see heaven, if you want to know the kingdom of God, you need to be like a little child. Don't stop these kids coming to me, he told the disciples. He said, stop it. Let them come to me. You can learn a big lesson from these kids. That if you really want to see the kingdom of God, that's exactly what your heart must be like. And I want to encourage us in that to, to start to think about God as a loving father. Who is he? Let's, let's have a little look at Matthew chapter 7, verse 7 to 11. 
Keep on asking, you will receive what you ask for. Keep on seeking and you will find. Keep on knocking and the door will be open to you. For everyone who asks receives. Everyone who seeks finds. Everyone who knocks the door will be opened. Your parents, you parents, sorry, if your children ask for a loaf of bread, do you give them a stone instead? Or if they ask for a fish, do you give them a snake? Of course not. So if you sinful people know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father give good gifts to those who ask him? That's a pretty good promise, isn't it? Jesus talking about his Father in heaven and relating it to a father and mother on earth that, you know, kids, if you ask for anything, here you go, here it is. I'm not giving you a snake instead of whatever it was there. I can't remember that one. What is it? Snake? Instead of something, fish. <laughs> but, but there's this heart of the father to actually look after his children. And anxiety is often when we feel like we're uncared for and unloved and that no one's on our side. But this is saying your heavenly father is on your side. Going back to the Philippians passage, it talks, first of all, don't worry about anything. Our first point of call is this. Don't worry. Now that's okay, but if we don't put something in the place of worry, what happens? It's like we're just putting it under a bag, a box, but it's still there, it's still eating away at our life, but he says, listen to this, instead of worrying, do something else. I always call about it, when I talk about it, it's turn your worries into prayers. What are you worried about? Why don't you pray about it instead of worrying about it? What are you complaining about it? Why don't you pray what you're complaining about instead? Have you ever thought that? Have you ever been in that place? I'm so worried about this. Instead of worrying, pray. And about what? The most pressing needs? The big things? The little things? What? I'm pretty sure it says everything there. Pray about everything. Tell God what you need. Thank him for all he's done. This is the next, next key for us. We often don't want to tell God what we need. I know some people will say, well, I don't want to bother God. And, and <laughs> if you've ever been around the world long enough, you'll be called a God-botherer sometimes. But it sticks. You're always bothering God for something. And it's true we can ask from selfish motives. James clearly says that in the book that he wrote. But on the whole, when we're worrying and anxious about things, this is not something that we're greeting for. It's something that we really need in our life. And that need is peace. At least peace to come into our life, right? So you tell God what you need. Don't hold back. What do you need? I need friends. I've got no friends. I've just got no friends. Nobody loves me. Everybody hates me. Uh, why don't you go to the Father? God, I've got no friends. He might tell you to change. That's possible. He might tell you to actually go and ring someone up and invite them out for a coffee. But God will start to look after that. You know, it's not saying that you don't take any action because God will sometimes speak to you and when you're praying about something, God will give you an answer and he'll say, why don't you do this? And you can't be a person of inaction. But the truth is, whatever you need, whatever you need, 
The Bible says pray for it. Pray and ask the Father for it. And then what, what's amazing is that you can thank him for all he's done, so we come gratefully and thankful for what God's already done. It's not this one-way street of give, give, give. It's a, it's a street of like, God, I need this. But we're looking back in the past and going, oh, I remember when you did this for me, God. How about this one? I remember when I was going to hell, I didn't know you. I, 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 I'd run away from you, yet you sent Jesus. Thank you, God. The one who's willing to sacrifice his son, won't he freely give you all good things? To his children, he loves them so much. And then this amazing blessing comes. What is it? His peace guarding your heart and your mind as you what? Live in Christ Jesus. And I think this is very important that, that we can want the peace of God but not live in Christ Jesus. What does that mean? It means that I don't take the, the opportunity and the time to change things in my life that need to change. I don't actually really surrender my life to God and I'm expecting God's peace without obedience to him. Living in Christ Jesus. I remember one of my friends uh, when I was at uni, I stayed at their house in Brisbane. He didn't go to uni, I did, he was in the house. But the sign he had up was, no God, no peace. N-O, God, N-O, peace. And then it was, no God, no peace. K-N-O-W, God. And it's so true. The peace that we have comes from the intimacy that we have with the Father. Why? Because we begin to know his heart for us. We believe that he wants good things for us. And we take the time to receive them from him. Luke 12, 25 and 26. Take a little while for this to sink in. So it's Luke chapter 12, verse 25 and 26. Can all your worries add a single moment to your life? And if, you worry, if your worry can't accomplish a little thing like that, what's the use of worrying over bigger things? Then I look at that and go, I get it. The truth is that worry never changes anything. Worry never, ever changes anything positively. Worry will destroy your soul, worry will destroy your relationships. Worry will destroy your peace, but worry will not add an extra moment to your life. If it did, some of us would never die. <laughs> but it can't do that. And, and, and what, God is, what Jesus is actually saying here is, can you guys get it? Can you get it that you have a heavenly Father who loves you, that, that cares about you, wants to, to hear from you, wants to know your needs, wants to know 
what you need from me. And there must come a point in your life where your worry changes and you turn your worries into prayers and let God's peace come upon you. Do you know what has torment? Fear has torment. And most worry is about fear, isn't it? You're fearing something, whatever it might be, but God wants to take that away from you. And part of this is by us starting to fix our mind. As I said, it's not just about hearing from God, knowing God, believing in God, but sometimes it means an effort on our part, action. So let's look at Philippians 4, verse 8. Now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing. Fix your thoughts on what is true and honourable and right and pure and lovely and admirable. Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. Put your mind in the right place. Just tell me what road you travel down. It's something I have observed. I'm not saying it's a fact. It's an observation. Especially for ladies and kids. Their kids born and they're worried about who they're going to marry and what their job is and what their wedding's going to look like and who's coming to the funeral. There seems to be this long worry and, and anxiety for the future that embeds itself at such an early age and it's the worry for what's ahead. But the truth is we can't control most of that. We can take actions. But there are times in life when, if we think of Psalm 23, it says, though I walk through the valley of death, I'm not going to fear any evil because you're with me. You see, the circumstances aren't always going to be good in life. That's true. Sometimes a car will run off the road, but, but the point is to get it back on. And keep going for Jesus. And even in those hard times of your life, that's where the temptation is to just worry and be overwhelmed by what's there. But, but if we think of Psalm 23 and God being our shepherd, when we keep our eyes on him, when we stay close to him, when we allow his voice to lead us, what does it say? Even though I am walking through the valley of the shadow of death, I am not going to fear anything. Why? There's this assurance in our soul that he is with us. And the peace that we get from God is a peace that cannot be understood. That's exactly what it said in Philippians. It says, the peace of God which you cannot understand is somehow going to fill your soul and your mind and your heart as you're living in Christ Jesus. Who has felt that before? I've definitely felt that, where everything seems to be going wrong, everything's out of control, and you pray about it, and everything's still out of control except for here, except for here. Because my heart and my mind are covered by the grace of God at the moment that I needed it the most, he was with me and every single time I've walked out through that valley and at the end is this table, the banqueting table where I can feast in the presence of my enemies because I trusted him and I walk with my God. 
So this morning, what I'm going to ask from you is if you want to respond to that, if you have anxiety, please come up. We're going to pray for you. Someone will pray for you and just pray a release of this peace. But also pray that a determination will come to your heart that you will put your mind on the things that are right, true, pure, lovely, of good report, so that God's peace can come to you. If you have been troubled or vexed in any area of your life, why don't you come forward today and just ask for a release of God's peace on your life? Ask him today for what you need so that his peace can come to you. In Jesus' name. Father, I just want to thank you for every good and perfect gift that you give us. Lord, your word declares that our Heavenly Father knows what we need. In fact, he knows even before we ask. Yet you have asked us to take part in this process to pray and ask for what we need. This morning I'm just praying that anyone who's anxious, fearful, worried, will grab hold of your word and instead of worrying that they would pray about everything, Lord God, that your peace would come and fill their souls today. In the name of Jesus Christ, amen.